Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Living. You're joined with Vic. Jasmine. And we've got a special guest today. We're joined with the beautiful and amazing Bolasol. Well, hi. I know it feels weird. It feels weird that you're yeah. not here. Bola is basically talking to us through the phone. Is <laughs> me through the phone? Well, she's yeah. She's basically um, it's a remote recording. We're in a studio. Bola's not, but we we really want this to happen, so we're making it happen. Mm-hmm. But thank yeah. you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Oh man, I always like obviously. Oh, apologies. I always watch your podcasts. Um, well, I'm going to be so annoying. Can you turn off the notifications? Or oh, there was, was it Brent? Yeah, oh, Brent sent her a notification. <laughs> you better edit that one out, Brent. Find a way. Yeah, edit that out, then. Um, Free of charge. Um, <laughs> Sorry, brother. What were you going to say? Uh, no, I was just going to say, obviously, I watch you lots clips online and um, I listen to the pods. So, like, I actually, a part of me, well, I can't come in right now. I have to self-isolate myself. So, but um, I'm, I'm really happy to be on. Really happy that you've had me. No, man, we really appreciate you even taking time yeah, in, in these COVID streets to find time. It should have even happened much sooner, honestly. Yeah, but this is a yeah. perfect time because we're here to celebrate your book, which is now uh, number one on the Amazon financial charts. Yeah, yeah. Epic. epic times. God is good all the time. Amen. All the time. All the time, God is good. How does it feel to have a book out? Um, do you know what? I it still feels surreal. So when people do you know what? When people are like, oh my gosh, I read it and I loved it. A part of me is like, you're lying, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't feel good, but um it just it, honestly it feels so surreal and I feel uh just so grateful uh, um, to finally have like a piece of work that mm. people can people can always reference because there's been so many times where I've done events and I've found almost that I'm repeating the same thing and I, yeah. and I literally two or three years ago that I just need to write a book it doesn't need to be a big book but it needs to be uh, like a place where people can go mm. and I can read this and with sections and it can it can be overdraft it can be how to get started with investing it can be um the best way to save and things like that so um there's a reference for everyone and that's that's just what I've wanted for the last two to three years so it, it just it's such a blessing for it to come to life mm, that's incredible thank you um but how did it all come about and like when did you get started because I read when I was reading your book um yeah I remember you said something like, you know, you were approached by Murky in January 2012. Yeah. And then you were writing about um, COVID and Black Lives Matter. So I was like, right, you must have been writing this recently. Yeah. Do you know what? Um, it was funny. In 20, I think I put I put Murky on my vision board. Uh, wow. wow. Three, yeah, three years ago. So like the year before they contacted me. So I'm going to say 2019. And... I remember it was really hard to even get a book agent. Um, and it was, I was just getting, I got like six rejections. Wow. It's like, yeah. And I was just like, okay, I don't know if this is going to happen. Then I I got a book agent. But the thing is, one thing I learned with having a book agent is it's really important to speak to other people. Mm. First, you don't just speak to one. And then um, 
I got one I was happy with. And then she was just like, we're going to work on like a two-part book deal. We're going to get you one first to like get your feet wet. And I was just like, I don't understand this whole... <laughs> I don't understand this book game. And when she was saying this, I was like, you don't even have one book deal. Like you are just chatting. Like, I don't believe you. Mm. Um, she was just like, you'll see it will come together. And I remember that year before, uh, the year before it all happened, I kept, I swear, I kept seeing penguins. And I was like, oh my what, gosh. The what the hell? <laughs> I was like, this is, it was one of the craziest things ever. I was just, mm. I kept seeing penguins and I just didn't understand. And then I went to a, ment- um, a mentor network program. I don't know if you know Creative Mentor Network, but um, yeah, I went to one of their events and and there it was, once again, it was penguins everywhere. And, I was, and they were like, oh yeah, penguins. <laughs> Um, had, when you say uh, penguins, brother, do you mean like the actual they just crossing animal? the road and stuff? No, no, no. Like as in penguin on penguin books. Oh right, I thought you meant like you were just dreaming and the, the penguin was just <laughs> there. Like no, no, no. Like you know, like the penguin penguin book publisher. Oh, okay, like, no, I got you. So I kept seeing um, going to offices, seeing their stuff. So I was just like, what's going on? Mm. And then um, in January last year, I got a message from Murky, who's obviously under Penguin because it's a murky book imprint and they were like we want you to write a book about finance so silly like I think I must have read the email wrong because I thought that um they wanted (laughs) I was I was such a novice I thought that they wanted to be my agent and I was like oh sorry I already have an agent so I was like I was like sorry I already have an agent and then I tried to kind of uh sell two other people who I came up with in finance to them and they were like no we want you to write a book mm. oh <laughs> imagine you know you blocked the whole blessing <laughs> blocked the whole blessing um and then we went and we had me and my book agent um we had our first meeting and we were just like yeah like okay so this is this is happening and it's gonna be fun and um then it was nuts because obviously COVID happened and then I was just like is this is this still happening mm. and it it just meant that um I even had to pause on writing so many people during the first lockdown we had mm. were like why don't you write the book but I was like you, I don't know what book I'm writing because there's so many things that go into it you have to discuss like the skeleton mm. um you can't just start writing your own book because it sounds good um and then a part of me I don't know if it was imposter syndrome but or I think it was more I was having quite a bit of fear mm. um, when everything was going on and like you know George Floyd and everything I just I think I felt like I didn't want to write the book anymore mm. I felt like it was I, I felt like it was beyond me and I was just like the world is crashing mm. and I was just like it is is now a good time and they were like listen it's still going to be a good time by the time it's out mm. you don't like there's no need to censor the book around around these things but um you can somewhat make it relevant by touching on it. So I'm glad that I did um, add that in there. Yeah, because I remember you said in the book that you kind of felt like, am I the right person to write about it? And I feel like you are because I remember like there was a conversation the other day we spoke about it on our last episode, but mm. um, people were talking about on Clubhouse about people, um, char- parents charging their kids rent. By the way, um, asterisk, this is for parents who don't need the money. I have to clarify <laughs> that again. Um <laughs> And, um, but yeah, I remember people saying, oh no, it teaches you financial literacy. And I remember tweeting that actually the way I learned financial literacy, and I honestly mean this, mean this is through your platform, Bola, like Refined Currency and like other platforms like Pennies to Pounds and, and initiatives actually made by black mm. women. Um, and I, and I just find it so wild that that's how I learned how to 
my yeah. money management, not through the home sort of thing. Yeah. And I always find it, I always find it interesting. It's one of the things that I'll definitely like, obviously teach my kids mm. um, from early. I'll never forget one time I was on, I was on a tube and this this guy was with his friend, could have been any more than 13. Um, and he um, he pointed at this advert and he said to his friend, look at the APR on that. That's ridiculous. Why would anyone get it? That won't get you that deal. You could rather do this, this and this. And I said, oh, my gosh, mm. this guy is 13. Mm. And it was such a reminder to me of the importance of financial literacy coming from the family um, where possible without, like without it being like um, a learning lesson, like, yeah, like, I don't know, like, give me 500 pounds, you're going to learn this lesson. It's, mm. it's like, just, just do better with your money because this is why. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, and I think that's always been like, like my biggest, I guess, anxiety over money. Like, every time I get money, I think, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose it. Mm. Or I feel like, oh, I don't know what I should be doing with it. Oh, should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? Um, And I find that that is my it's my brain and it's like I think I feel like I'm manifesting it do you get what I mean it's like I feel like every time I get money something's gonna happen where I have to spend it so I get a bit of money and then something happens with my car Mm. or there'll be some random company that'll say actually we overpaid you like two years ago so can you pay us that has happened to me before I have to air the email I'm so sorry to you I'm sorry to you. <laughs> what? Ooh, yeah, that's, happen- that's happened to me before. No, because it's too late. Yeah. I don't have the money in my account. Yeah, but I was, I, I played myself because I didn't know the law in it. I didn't know that if they send you the money, you don't have to actually send it back. But it's like, I'm just like, oh, what can I do? I'm like, cool. I went back through my bank statements. I seen that you gave me too much money. How sorry. much money? Do you mind sharing how much money they gave you that was too much? It was like, 250 pounds they're bastards man allow it <laughs> allow it in these COVID streets as well allow me <laughs> yeah but I feel like how 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 can we get rid of that anxiety with money because I'm sure I'm not the only person <clears throat> yeah I think you have to start by speaking about your money experience positively like right now I am completely self-employed and um I kid you not, two or three days before the book came out, I think I was like having the wildest imposter syndrome. I was just, the joke is, um, praise God, I have money coming in, in it. But mm-hmm. I was like, sometimes when you have, okay, so I, ugh, money anxiety of, as well comes from, I'd say sometimes what we've seen from our parents. Mm-hmm. And that can be quite daunting, but I think that we just have to have faith and speak positively about it and be like, I always say, no, more money's coming in. I don't know where it's always coming in from, but more money's coming in and opportunity is going to come because I've never been left. Like if you think about your age, whether you're 20, 25, whatever it is, you've never, you've never been left. Hopefully you've never gone hungry. Hopefully you've never been homeless. So I'm like, I'm like, no, if it's always been fine before, it will be fine now. And I tell, I remember last year, my friend, lost her job and I and I said to her trace it all the way back mm. what is what is the situation that you are afraid of because I said I said you have family right you know you have cousins you have siblings right if if I said if things really hit the fan they'd look after you right mm. and she was just like yeah but I don't want them to I said but I said there and I said and a job if you wanted to I said you could do Uber Eats right I said you know you could do this you could do that 
I said, remember, you'll always be fun. You'll always find a way. Like, no, like, especially if people care about you, they wouldn't leave you. So that kind of sense of community will always help. Mm. Um, that helps me. But speak speak positively about it and know that, like, I guess one one moment you've had or a few moments you've had don't define uh, what your net worth could be or how much money you can make. Like, I think sometimes we just think, oh, that one time I was reckless with money. But then you need to think about all the times you weren't. Mm, yeah. You've, we all we all have phone bills. Every single month that phone bill gets paid, you need to give yourself a pat on the back for that. Because mm. they pick up their phone and they've they've been cut off. So hmm. uh, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> you said but it's true, some people have been cut off. You have been cut off every month. Uh, you know, you wanna you, you wanna go on the internet, you can go on, you can do this, you can do that. I think there's so many things we don't give ourselves credit for that mm. we should that we are continuing to make things work. It's so true. And then some people are paying some high phone bills. Yeah. Ooh, real high. I try mm. to get, like, everyone in, like, Rich Girl Chronicles, so it's, like, a, an accountability um, group for women about money. I always try to get them to... Um, I always try to get them to lower their phone bill. Like some phone bills I see are, like, £65, £70. And I'm like, yeah, you're getting bumped. But They're even like, oh, that... That is quite average. I'm I'm feeling very, very, very dragged right now. Why? What are you paying? (laughs) What? £79. That's not even including my insurance. You don't have the new iPhone. Sorry, I don't mean to be rude. (laughs) (laughs) But you don't have the new iPhone. (laughs) What the hell? Um... But you don't! My child is here. So, (laughs) F.E. Vic, by the way... (laughs) Wait, what's going on? But it was the new iPhone when I got it. What, Thank you very much. What phone is it now? It's the 11 Pro Max. God almighty. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I, I tend to buy my phones outright. My phone bill is £12 a month. No. Lord of Jesus. Who are you with? <laughs> O2. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, 12 All my deals are SIM only, um, £12 a month, and I even got Disney free for six months. So Ah, I can negotiate. Yeah, yeah, please spill the tea. How do you negotiate your phone bill? Um, Obviously, I don't get a new phone with it, so I'm just like, look, this is what I use, this is what I use, um, and this is the deal I've seen based on that. So I always tell people, look for references with other places. I think I wrote it in the book. Like, Mm -hmm. if, if, I don't know, three or whatever are given a good deal, and it's like £15, I'll be like, look, they're giving a good deal for £15. And then they'll be like, do you have the reference for that? I'll show them the reference. And because they want us, they want you to stay with them, they'll be like, okay, cool. We can give you this deal for maybe £14. And sometimes I just ask to speak to the retentions department. And um, then I'm like, look, boy, you got to add that we're in a pandemic as well because they don't know your financial situation. I'm like, listen, I don't want to pay any more for this than I have to. And then you just come to a good deal. So every year, because I don't get a new phone and I tend to buy a new phone outright every two years, um, they just lower my bill by like two, three pounds. So I can't wait till I think it's maybe October. Mm. I'll just go back to them and be like, yeah, um, my bill needs to be 10 pounds. I'm dead. The, the only thing is, it's hard to actually buy it outright sometimes. Cause like I usually do that. Mm. And this year, because I like, I just wasn't in the financial place to do that. I was like, I'm gonna have to get a, a bit of a higher contract because usually I pay like under twenty. Mm. But this okay. time I'm paying fifty pounds. I think fifty-ish pounds. I've oh, got- but including the phone, I'm guessing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, yeah, so including the phone, like in sim and all of that, and I feel okay with it. It took me a while to get used to it because I just felt like, oh my god, I feel like these people are taking my money. Yeah. And there's Wi-Fi at home. 
But I just had to be like, do you know what? I do want the new iPhone. I'm just going to have to admit it. Like, I really wanted yeah. a new iPhone. So this is, is that what you take your pictures on? What's up? Is that what you take your pictures yeah. on? Oh, it's good. Then. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's worth it then. Good investment from Bola. <laughs> Hey guys, this part of the pod is sponsored by a government campaign called You Are Not Alone. It's a campaign about domestic violence and we're going to be speaking to Naomi Donald, who is an authentic coordinator for Safe Lives, who are a domestic abuse charity. Um, Naomi is the founder of PODS, which stands for Protect Our Daughters and Sons, and it's aimed at protecting all children and young people from abuse, criminality and exploitation. You can find Naomi's details at Naomi Donald Pods, that's P-O-D-S, on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, so Naomi, thank you for, well, speaking to us and taking the time out and everything. Um, can you just tell us a bit more about the You Are Not Alone campaign? Okay, um, hi everybody, thank you um, for having me. Um, so the You Are Not Alone campaign is um, it's a campaign that was set up by the government and it's aiming to really remind victims of domestic abuse that um, police response and support services are still open, everything's open even though the country's locked down and we're going through this whole um, pandemic. Um, the, the whole idea of the campaign is just to remind victims that they are not alone and these services are still open. So um, basically the campaign, um, yeah, we want it to just reach everybody and um, just reiterate if anybody is in immediate danger um, or at risk of serious harm, then please call 999. And if you are in a situation um, where um, you may not be able to speak, if you call 999, when the operator comes on and says, um, you know, police, fire or um, ambulance service, if you press 55, the operator will automatically direct your call to the police and then um, the police are able to take it from there. And then there's also um, the helplines that are available, like the National the National Domestic Abuse Helpline um, is run by Refuge in the UK and that telephone number is 0808 2000 247. If you are from Wales, um, you can call the Live Fear Free Helpline on 0808 80 10 800. So that's a little bit about the campaign. Thank you so much. And just for anyone at home who's thinking, um, you know, who this is for, can you tell us who the target audience is, please? The target audience is for everybody um, because, um, you know, it, it's well known within domestic abuse, um, within domestic abusive relationships, um, sometimes there may be additional barriers such as language barriers, um, community barriers, you know, like you might feel that you are not able to reach out to a service because it's not the usual thing that your family or community does. And so we just really want to make sure this is everyone, everybody. Um, and there are campaign materials available that are in uh, multiple languages, such as Arabic and Somali. Um, and so, yeah, it is really to really reach out to everybody. Many victims of domestic abuse will be listening and we're worried um, about coming, coming um, forward for some help. What would you say to these people? 
Um, I would just urge you, if you are, um, you know, living or in a relationship with somebody who is hurting you, threatening you, or doing anything that makes you feel scared, then um, it's really important that you do take action and seek help. And, um, you know, because we all believe that nobody should have to deal with this um, on their own. And we just want people to know that there's no shame or stigma um, to go out and um, seek help. And, um, you know, I can say that from a place of experience as well. I know that it is one of the most difficult things um, to do. And um, you might be really frightened about what will you know what will happen after that but i would just urge anybody that is listening and experiencing it just at least call the helpline and seek further advice obviously now we know that we're going through a pandemic and everything um and we're, we're in a national lockdown um mm -hmm. can you just confirm or reassure people that they can still access support during lockdown yeah, definitely. Um, and so that's what this whole campaign is about, is um, in terms of although the government advice is that you stay at home um, and do not leave your home unless it's for work purposes, um, you can leave your home if you need to leave your home for safety reasons. You know what I mean? So if you are in a situation and you need to leave immediately or you've got a little window of opportunity um, where you can leave, don't ever think that if you do leave, you're going to be stopped and talk, um, asked or questioned that, you know, what you're doing um, out, outside of your house, you are allowed to um, leave. And if that means that you, um, you know, you might have um, a friend or a relative um, that you can escape to, you are allowed to go there. Do you know what I mean? And then mm -hmm. once you get there, then um, you might be able to then seek further support from the helplines that have mentioned um, previously. Okay, um, this this one is a bit of a, I guess, controversial question, but um, is there any support for perpetrators of domestic violence? Oh yeah, and I think it's I think it's a really important um, question because there may be um, you know some individuals who are worried about their own behaviour, and it's really important that they go and seek help if you know they're they're unsure about their behaviour or they've already hurt somebody. Um, there is a respect helpline. And again, this information is on the government um, website, or you can just type in respect helpline um, onto the internet. And that helpline is to support women and men who may be worried that they are perpetrators of domestic abuse, um, and they will find the right support there. Yeah, I think in light of, you know, because, um, you know, we all make mistakes in life. None of us are perfect. And sometimes we might not understand um, what we're doing because um, it could be, um, you know, it could be somebody that has gone through certain traumas and then taking it out on their partner or, yeah. you know, um, trying to understand because it's such a, it's one of those um, things, isn't it? I think um, when you're um, a victim of it, it's hard to identify that you're a victim because you're not really understanding that um, somebody um, doing something like um, putting you down or controlling what you wear or controlling your money, it's all different forms of abuse, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then it's the same, um, I suppose, for some perpetrators might not understand that, um, you know, um, the controlling coercive behaviour is a form of abuse or controlling somebody's money is a form of abuse. So I urge you, if you are um, experiencing these things or doing these things, then just seek out because the help is there. Thank you so much, um, Naomi. It would be great for, for anyone listening for you to tell us like what kind of abuse exists. So 
you know, because sometimes we can't identify it. So it'd be great if you could kind of go into that for us. Okay, yeah. So um, obviously, um, you know, we we know um, about the physical abuse um, mm. because that's the most common thing that we see in terms of um, bruises, um, pulling hair, biting, slapping, all of those things come under physical abuse. And then you have like um, the emotional um, abuse um, that can be like bullying, um, name calling, putting down, um, and just generally not making you feel good about yourself, controlling and coercive behavior. Um, again, where somebody might um, control who you can speak to, what you can wear, um, what you can do, or may coerce you into doing things that you don't really want to do, um, such as, um, you know, um, trying to think of an example, but, you know, like coercing you into maybe um, taking part in some sort of sexual activity that you wouldn't you don't want to do, but you are mm. so afraid of this person um, that they've... Um, yeah, coerced you into doing something. Um, and um, what else? Financial or economic abuse um, when somebody is controlling your money. Um, so it might be that you are in receipt of certain benefits or getting paid from work and um, the perpetrator may have access to your bank account and only give you like limited amounts of money. Um, no, that's very helpful. Thank you so much. No problem. I don't know if there's anything else that you think um, that you really want to let our audience know um, that yeah. we haven't asked you. Um, yeah, the one thing I'd like to know, because a lot of these campaigns, I think, um, you know, we aim them and um, it might be received by adults. Um, but yeah. um, my passion, my organisation um, is called PODS, Protect Our Daughters and Sons. And we work with young people to um, really free them from abuse, criminality and exploitation. And I'd just like to urge any young people that are listening, um, you know, you might be 18, 17, you can also call um, the National um, Abuse Helpline or go onto the government website gov.uk forward slash domestic abuse and you will find information there in terms of like to get help. So yeah, just to know that this help is for everybody. Mm. It's not just aimed at women. It's not just aimed at men. It's not just aimed at victims. You know, it's, it's for everybody. And these so, lines yeah. are confidential as well. Yes, um, yeah, to reiterate, all these lines um, are confidential um, and free. Um, and, um, you know, it might just be that you're unsure if you're in an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. It might be mm -hmm. worth just giving that helpline a call. Um, and also, sorry, I forgot to mention, if you are a friend or family member or neighbor that is worried about somebody else, you mm. too can pick up the phone or head over to the government website um, and find more information and speak to somebody about how you best can help that individual. Is it so, Naomi, just for example, like, um, you know, you know, say your neighbor and you're hearing stuff and you're yeah. not sure, would, would I be okay to, for example, call that uh, helpline? Because sometimes you do feel like, Am I wasting the helpline's time or? Yeah, mm. no, definitely. I would urge you um, and especially like for neighbours, like, do you know what I mean? Like um, if you believe somebody is in serious danger or harm, then please call 999 if you are that neighbour. Um, you know, um, if it's something that you're hearing and you're unsure about or, you know, you're just not sure, you call the National Domestic Abuse Helpline um, on 08, 08 
2247 and they will be able to um, guide you and probably give you some really good advice on how you be how best you can help your neighbor or friend or family member so yeah um you know this is this is an issue for everybody it isn't just for victims um to try and navigate their way out of this themselves i think that we all need to stand together on this and mm -hmm. um you know if you're a member of the public and see something um you know call 999 or speak to a service and get some further help and advice thank you so much naomi no yeah, problem. thank you so much for your time. This is amazing. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having yeah. me. Um, it's a really important message, message, isn't it? And I think um, especially um, as um, black women, um, you know, um, for mm -hmm. myself anyway, coming from the community where I came from, it was frowned upon or not seen as a right thing to do to contact the police. But mm -hmm. I am testament mm -hmm. to the fact that, um, you know, I went through uh, this experience when I was a teenager. Um, and at the age of 23, I did find the courage to phone the police and um, he ended up going to prison. So I know how scary that is. Like, do you know what I mean? Um, and it can feel like an isolating thing to do or maybe not the right thing to do because you're worried about the reaction from the community or your family. However, I'm testament that there is life after domestic abuse as well. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So you do whatever it is that you can do to um, keep yourself safe and just don't be afraid to reach out to any of these services. Thank you so much, Naomi. You're incredible. Yes, thank, you. thank you. Yes, thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you for having me. Do you know what? Yeah, because I, do you know what? Because I'm working from home a lot, when it goes quiet and it goes like, it goes dark. Yeah. Because at home we have uh, everything's on key. I, I I just literally just got. Oh, you think as, you think the electricity yeah, is gone? I thought the electricity went out. <laughs> you even looked at Brent like what happened? <laughs> Everything's on key. Yeah, I I don't um yeah, I have that in my family. You have that too. How do yeah. you work from home like that? Because it's not. Oh God. Oh, Every I, I've been checking. I have I have reminders on my phone. Check check the key. Check no, the key. Yeah. Uh, you're smart. Oh gosh, I told you about the time when um. The key went out and I had relaxed in my hair. Innit? <gasps> Stop! What happened? My hair got finished. Oh, my mum literally like ran to Sainsbury's to um, top up the key, mm. but by the time she came back, my my scalp was on fire. Oh bless! Did you not want to literally clumps on my hair came? You didn't out. want to burn cold water. Not as in I, I had an electric shower. So oh, you oh. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my goodness of gracious! <laughs> Oh, bless you. <sighs> we learned the hard way. We learned the hard way. I've just moved. I've just moved out to the, um, like a studio flat, and like he was just like the landlord was like, yeah, um, the whole price is inclusive, um, except electricity. You pay your own electricity, but like I've come and everything is electric. Oh my gosh! So so basically, not everything's inclusive. I'm actually dead. <laughs> These people are so smart. They're but so smart. Like I want to be like <laughs> cutting man, you. <laughs> <laughs> but congratulations on moving yes. out. How are you finding Congrats. it? Thank you. Um, do you know? I think I growing up in a big family is it's a bit weird, but I think it's also needed. Mm. Like my, friends, my uh, one of my friends said, she feels like everybody should live by themselves for a bit. So um, I'm enjoying the peace, and I'm someone I'm quite. Um, I don't want to say I'm, I'm a bit of a clean freak. So it's nice to know that my mess is my mess and not me trying to trace back to, you know, I was just living with five people before. So now it's just me, mm. me trying to 
who did this and little things used to jar me like okay the bin is full is anyone else going to take it out like I'm that type of person like and because you're the youngest do people bank on you to do stuff oh yeah mm. oh yeah definitely and that's that that can be um <laughs> it can be very jarring because mm. I'm and then it makes you also feel like you're a mum already. Mm. Is there no? Does nobody want to do this? Does it not? And it's just like, I'm just like I don't want to do this, but um, it's it's taught it's taught me a lot, definitely. Mm. But I think it's a uh, it's something everyone should try. Just live by yourself for a bit, get your own peace. Um, I actually finished watching Power Two yesterday. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you will watch it. No, I had to. I sorry, I had to give up because. The, me- <gasps> the messery that was happening in the other season was just too much for me. I think you know I, I think I watched episode one and I was just like, mm, it's not really like pulling me in. Mm, it wasn't believable. And it, all of it wasn't believable. But apparently Power Book 2 is like really good. Oh, really? So some people said it's better than um, the original Power. I'm going to say I agree. Mm, wow. Very shocked. I only, it was so good, clearly, because we're in a panoramic. There's there's more <laughs> to be at home and watch stuff like the, the way i've been watching series it's it's like it's crack yeah. <laughs> that was like me the first lockdown like, i was banging out bare series mm. yeah. just banging thought, out yeah. oh yeah i wanted to talk about um because in your book you were saying about um you know just being just being careful with your money and just making sure that it's your personal journey and it reminded yeah. me of something you said on your podcast about like a man not being your financial plan if you guys don't know bola has a podcast called the last few digits it's really really good um yeah check it out um but yeah it really made me think like about what you said like that lie i don't know why it sticks with me when you said a man's not a financial plan mm-hmm. because i feel like we're in a generation where we, we everybody's like my man will pay this my man will do that yeah and or and it's like, okay, what if you don't have a man? Or even the marry rich people. Yeah, yeah. And it's mm. like, I think, do you know what it was? I was watching this clip yesterday. I don't know, maybe it was BuzzFeed or something. And they did like a couples thing. They had lots of couples and they were like, who pays what in a household? And a lot of people were like, 50-50. Yeah. And I kid you not, it was the first time I was like, oh my God. Because I feel like I'm so stuck into this, what everybody's saying online. This, because you know what people say online is actually a lie? Yeah. Like that, oh, oh you know, you know, my man's buying me um, Dior bag every day, or all, all this kind of stuff. And you, but meanwhile, he's not helping you with anything in the house. Hmm. So that's why he can afford the Dior. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his hands are not. His hands are not <laughs> he's not paying any bills. <laughs> Actually, a nightmare. But yeah, what, what do you think, Bola? Like, do you think that like, this rhetoric is fake? I mean, I think it is fake. Everybody, I, I think it's. Is somewhat real. You have to make it as real as you want to be. A man is not a financial plan, but I am not going 50-50. Why not? I I would actually stare stare at him, blank in his face, and be like, absolutely not. Mm. So what's your your ratio, Bola? Are you saying... I'd like 70-30 in a perfect world, 80-20. But is... I like your thinking. And I'm putting the rest away. Like, I'm putting it into... Like, it's not... It's not going to be everyday shoot and bag, shoot and bag. (laughs) But it will be like... I'm, I'm literally just putting the money into savings mm. or something for kids in the future or like mm. into like, I'll put it into like wise investments, but um, no, like it's, it's really important that you're paying those bills. Come on, like patriarchy, where yet, where yet? Like, no, the thing is, I believe that. And I believe that, you know, the wage gap is not even finished. So why yeah. are we um, spending? We're behind, we're behind still. On yeah, the exactly. Wage. Exactly. Uh, but it does... 
equally. And do you know a lot of women retire on um, a fifth of what men retire on pension-wise? Wow, that is mad. But it does scare me when I do see girls be like, oh, you know, I'm just going to rely on a man. But I'm just like, but what, honestly, what if you don't have yeah, a man? What's your plan B? I, I, I think they do crazy things. Like, I can't get over the story the other day. Um, what was the lady's name? Was her name Simba or whatever? Who was telling all these stories about her going to Nigeria, um, Dangote and all these stories that oh, were coming yeah. out. Um, and I, I know, I know a girl who literally she she's with like fraudsters and hmm. and does all of these and rich guys. And I'm her whole life is so dependent on that. And I find it quite sad because at the beginning of the pandemic, she called me, and I can I was thinking, why is she in such a panic? And I was like, oh right, because her job is to be with men. Mm. That must be worrying because every, not even everyone's got things to every because everyone's trapped somewhere at home and they they couldn't really go on holiday or whatever. She can't go on holiday either. She can't get her money. And I was just like, that is a, for me that is a sad way to live. Like, I could personally never live like that because um, it's too dependent on someone else. Mm. So the pandemic even slowed down the forces. <laughs> But it's but it's they're catching back up now clearly because there's all these new scams like HMRC calling you, Mm. um, the other one as well. There's there's just been bare ones. Apparently, people have been claiming for um like small business grants and stuff. Yeah, there's furlough fraud as well. Yeah, furlough fraud. Damn it! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! No names. No (laughs) No comment. Um, so, Bola, how important do you think it is? Because, like, obviously we hear the brunch with Jay-Z lot saying, you know, <laughs> you need to have several several streams of income, blah, 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 blah. But how important is it actually? Or is it okay to just, like, have a really good budget and stick to it? I think having multiple sources of income is, is the key. Like, when this hit... Like you, you both have multiple sources of income. Like you can even use this podcast as an example. It's not the only thing you do, mm. and um, I love seeing you. Lot Where the money reside. Where the, the money reside. <laughs> no, you're so um, right, Bola. You're so right because yeah, I have I have a friend who, sorry, um, she basically she was like, I'm, I have no business being on social media. I don't want to use it as a source of income. Mm. But when the pandemic hit. Mm people jumped online more people were online and I know she got online as well and I was just like I was so grateful that you know I had a job before but mm. um and that but I'm like okay I have options now I can do this I can do that and it can stop a lot of anxiety. no you're right like when the pandemic like when the pandemic happened like, everyone was to the floor, I lost my job and so did a lot of people but I swear to god god was calling me <laughs> because on that night that I lost my job. I was watching a video by Patricia Bright. She said seven streams of mm-hmm. it, seven, seven, or maybe nine, seven, maybe seven or nine, seven streams. Yeah. And I just thought to myself, like, and and I've always kind of been that person. Like, I just I don't mind just having one good job. Yeah. Because I feel like you come back from work. I don't want to work on other stuff. Mm. Um. But then after that day, I really thought to myself, I have no choice. Yeah. Like I really have to think outside the box and I'm really going to have to because especially because I don't work in a in a field that's like finance or uh, law like yeah. I work in a quite creative um kind of like marketing kind of world yeah and and those kind of jobs are kind of like interchangeable so it's like I need to be doing lots of things mm. yeah but there you go you have some interchangeable skills mm. 
Yeah. But, <laughs> but, don't, but don't you think there's pressure because there's people like who are like, for example, a nurse, they haven't, they've got a great wage, they're happy with their life, but they're hit with, you must have seven streams of income. And it's like, but I don't want to, I don't want to make another business. Like yeah. I'm not a business person. I thought you, I don't think it's necessary. I just think it's just an, a nice buffer to have. And it depends what your goals are in life because my sister always says, she's just like, your generation are seeking peace more than they are riches. And I think that's, a, that's such a blessing. And that's mm. kind of what, like even rich girl chronicles the whole point is that you define what makes you rich mm. like just the, the older i get right the more i'm like what do we actually need in this life like apart mm. from it's like save up for a house but then i'm even like follow what like why do you need a house i see why more people in the uk are kind of turning to like a lot of what europe does so like in germany a lot of them they don't buy houses they just rent it mm. and then lose their kids money or whatever and i see I see why people do that. And now I'm just like, yeah, a lot of people, the new the new riches is in a piece. Like mm. some people out there, they've got lots of money and they're still they're still not happy and they're still searching for something else. So I, I would say just just uh, work on being content and obviously um not living just above the breadline mm. you But what what made you think I don't actually want a house? Or maybe it's I don't want a house right now, sort of thing. What made you think that? I have a lot of friends who work in investments and um, they talk about, honestly, a lot of them who work in finance and investments, they're basically like, it's just not worth it. Hey, God. Sorry. What? It's a shock. I I never, when was the first time I was like, oh my gosh, do I still care for this? It was like two years ago, like we're doing all the calculations, sitting there. I'm talking big financial analysts. Some guys, they, they've, ne- they've never owned a house. They do not care to. And some people say, yeah, I want to pass it down so that I can give it to my kid and stuff like that. But I'm like, I think it's a very UK way of seeing things. Um, a lot of people do that. And it depends on where you buy a house. Like you have to look at things like rental yield. So like mm. after all, what do you actually make from it? Mm. But so people I know on like even even if they're on six figure salaries they don't care for it they rent a nice uh they rent a nice flat and they're happy they can pay that every month and that's all they need but then what would you pass on instead I'm not talking about you I'm talking about these people yeah so you can have like a junior ISO and you can put up to uh I can't remember the amount you put maybe I think it's uh 360 and then the government adds the rest Mm. and um yeah, then when they turn 18 or whatever, then that kid, I think, would have a lump sum of 15 to 25K at minimum based on those, um, the amounts that you're putting in every month and then you just give them money. Just, just, hey, God. Just, just looked at Kaya and I just looked at Kaya and thought, Rush, you're going to have the wickedest party. <laughs> like, I'm scared to give that kind of lump sum to an 18-year-old. Yeah. Well, hopefully that's the, then hopefully you've been teaching them financial literacy to just be like, listen. Mm. Wow, this conversation came full circle. I I don't know because <laughs> if someone was to give me that money now and I'm 27, I think first thing I'm gonna do is have the wickedest party. <laughs> like I'm gonna hire a mansion. That's probably like I don't yeah. I don't I know. Say, I think if I was of a particular age, I would probably move out. Like even if I was 18 or 21, I wouldn't necessarily give it to them at 18. I give it to them at 21. Hopefully, yeah. mm. go to uni or whatever, so that they've had that experience. Even 21, um, but. But Bola, like, how do you think you should have these conversations with your your child? Um, only because I just think eighteen year old me, like, if my mom told me about, you know, you need to make sure you have a good credit score, you need to make sure you do this, that, and the other. If she tried to tell me about APRs, I would have said, "Woman, I want this bag, I want this shoe, mm. and that's it." <coughs> Take me to Tammy yeah. girl. <laughs> 
Do you know, I actually think for that reason, I'd probably give them half of it and then wait till they're 25 and give them the other half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't let them know. So maybe I'd just be like, nah, this is all we have and then have another plan. <laughs> this but, is um, all we have. <laughs> yeah, straight. Like give them like maybe 15K and then one day be like, ta-da, there's, there's a little more, mm-hmm. but we were that you were just gonna like piss it away but, do you know um, what? Yeah, i'm scared of that rhetoric a little bit you know because sometimes when my i i still when i was younger i was really confused about my financial situation living at home mm. and my parents i don't think I, we're not we're not from a wealthy background but i think my parents made us feel like we were dirty poor <laughs> so like to the point that and i because i was the oldest and you know with girls you can kind of just kind of get away with just buying them primark goods yeah, yeah. non-labels so mm. I was begging my parents for case Swiss trainers for about a year and they bought it for me and I started crying. And I said to them, I said, please take this back to the shop. We can't afford it. Yeah. And my, my dad started laughing. And I was like, you, you don't, you need the money. <laughs> and like, so when you confuse kids and you're like, we don't have the money, but it's like, all of a sudden you do. And it's like, but then again, 30 pounds in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Isn't, yeah. I don't really know to be honest, but I, I think... I don't know. I, all I want is I don't want my kid to be thinking about my financial situation yeah, at yeah. all. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want to worry. That rhetoric that we're poor, like, I think, I think a lot of us felt that way. I think it has to be explained if the answer is, mm. if the answer is a no, why? But I would like my kids to learn to be savvy and think, okay, there's a way around it. Like, mm. I want to to invest from young and then be like, Maybe give me a three-point answer. Why? Uh, okay, cool. Maybe you want Balenciaga's. Maybe they're free £400. I'll put £100 towards it. And you tell me what stock is going to do well in the next three to six months. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what Bola's shop's going to be? Have you seen Recess? <laughs> you know, yeah. you know that, guy, that guy was selling sneakers bar on the playground? That's Bola's child. Yeah, I used to sell Supermarts. You see? Supermarts! <laughs> Wait, to who? The teachers? Who are you selling it to? So the other kids, one one pound a bottle and sell CDs. So I'd be like, make a playlist. Remember Bear Share and all them things there? Oh my gosh, CDs! Let's see the difference. Let's see the difference. Let's see the difference. Bola was actually selling this. What? Victoria. We were doing it for free. Bluetooth. I was the kid. I was doing Bluetooth to everybody. I was the kid. We were fumbling You know, bed. everybody had their, like, their thing in school. That was actually my thing. Like, people were popular. People were, like, you know, were pretty. My thing was the music kid. I would be Bluetooth in VGA. <laughs> so you meet for me. For free? Yeah, for free. Any song you wanted, I got you. For free. Oh, no exchange. You would have messed up my business. I would have, <laughs> I would have been like, no, 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 you can't do that around here, ma'am. <laughs> One pound for, per song. I'm so dead. That's what I should have been doing. Yeah. It's like, it's genius when I think about mm-hmm. it because we were really just doing it for, mm-hmm. for the banter. And you was doing it for free as well? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Look at us. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about emotional spending because you spoke about that in your book and I mm. thought it was really, really interesting, like, especially retail therapy because a lot of us kind of like reward ourselves when we feel sad. And, yeah. um, and it's like, if you have a real sad period, let's say it's a month and you're spending, you're just treating yourself every, every day. Yeah. Next thing you know, the whole money's gone. Mm. Mm. That's my issue as well. Like, I treat myself, like, I always tell myself, oh, yeah, you deserve a treat. But I'll be saying that every blessed day. Mm, Me too. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's easier now. I think because of we're currently in lockdown, a part of me is just like, it's it's really forcing a lot of us to be like, so what is life? (laughs) Mm. Because... You're getting paid, and like, what, what are you going to spend it on? Clothes. Some mm. people on their Insta story, like, um, 
they've got something from Zara, but they're like, no, where am I wearing it to? And for me, I've learned actually, I only, I try to do big shops twice a year um, for um, both seasons. Obviously we have like four seasons here. So I try to do two big shops. So I'm like, I'm not doing a shop again till um, spring. Wow. There's, there's there's just no point. But then it makes me think, okay, what do I actually want to do with my money? But I notice as well, um, a lot of emotional spending comes just before I'm about to get my period. I notice wow, it. Me too. Well, mine's mine's jewelry. And so when I'm on my period, I'm like, let me treat myself to these chocolates, go and buy sweets, <laughs> um, you know. And literally every day, I'm like, I deserve, like literally what Justice, I deserve it. Mm. Or sometimes I'll fi- like I'll finish a wicked piece of work or like a lot of work. And I'm like, I deserve a treat. Yeah. And it's like, why am I treating myself for existing? But I'm like, mm. low key, life is too short. Maybe I should. Yeah. I, th- I think, do you know, the older I get, the more I'm like, yeah, just en- enjoy your life mm. more. I, I'm someone, I think when it comes to like experiences, I'm like, no, nah, there's, there's no there's like there's no cost on enjoyment because like mm. you're never gonna I'm never gonna travel and be like oh man I wish I didn't travel I wish I didn't do that like mm. you got to be a part of the world but I think yeah treat treat yourself in little ways sometimes on Friday it's like a pizza like I ordered a pizza yesterday um it's for me as well it's time treating yourself in time mm. like something that you wouldn't usually do like watching but uh, binging on a series or whatever mm. you was recently in Dubai um what was yeah. it what was it like out there um Okay, so the first day I was in Dubai, I was like, I'm never coming back. Wow. Because, what? But then, then, then the, like, the last few days I said, I'll definitely be back. So th- the thing is with Dubai, because it is made up of everybody else's culture, you look at it and you're like, this, it's not real. It's never, Neverland. There's a mm. win. Wendy's there so like okay you can read it to Americans Dunkin Donuts there's a KFC there's a Nando's there's absolutely everything you want there so then it's kind of like there's there's no culture or whatever and then I think one of the things that a lot of people show is like the nightlife and and I feel like a lot of people take that picture where you can see the yeah mm. I, I, I think is that a rite of passage or something <laughs> did you not take it no <laughs> I, just, I was just like is it that deep but like I just Sometimes when I go on holiday, I just want to go and explore. Mm. But um, the more I was there, the more I see why people move there so easily. You've got to think about it, even from a tax perspective. Yeah. Mm. If you're on 60K in the UK, you, you would, um, you're probably seeing about three, three grand a month for 3,200. But mm. when it comes to Dubai, you're actually seeing about almost 5K. Maybe you're seeing 4,900. Do you know how mad that is? Yeah, I'm going to vomit. But, um, <laughs> but so... At least we know here, taxis, you know, I can call 999 and I can get collected. So what about over there? I think there, they, um, there's like different packages that things can come in. I, I think mm. they would still come to get you. They, um, Even when I was there, they said, if you're not feeling well or whatever, call. Theirs is the same number, call 999. Um, yeah, so they're like, if you need this, call 99. If you need that, call this number, if you need that. But they're very, very efficient in Dubai. That's one thing I'll say. And um I think there's a lot to see. Like, it's nice that a lot of people can work and then you can go you can go by the pool, but you can go by the beach. Gosh. That life seems to work for them. So, yeah. It just looks what so a nice dream. Yeah. I'm so jealous yeah. of everybody who, who went there before. Um, it's now being... Now it's, like, literally frowned upon to if, if you're there right now. Influencers... Yeah. What, influ- what, is, what is that about? Oh, I kind of get it. Influencers are there right now and they're blurring out their palm trees because huh? they don't want to look like they're there. Are they um, okay? So where, <laughs> where did where did they think that we we think they're in Peckham? In their, yeah, in the Black Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I went before it was more frowned upon because everyone's just like, 
because I think one minute everyone's just like, yeah, guys, we've got to get through this together. <laughs> Let me tell you, this lockdown is so fake. Yeah. Like, do you know that challenge, Boss It challenge? Boss yeah. It. So yeah. if you guys have not seen it, it's the Nelly song, Hot in Hair, and it goes into a song, Boss It. And girls are looking, firstly, girls are looking, quote unquote, just like in a home attire. Then they go into the out-out clothes. Firstly, I thought we all agree that we gained weight. <laughs> Everybody, all of us agree that we gained weight in lockdown. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you lot are doing bus it, bus it, sitting down on your knees with your Meg Thee knees. I thought all of us agree we don't have Meg Thee knees. Anyways, you're in, <laughs> you're in your bus it, bus it clothes and your tight tights going out, out clothes. I thought all of us has gained weight because just before um, <laughs> December, I was doing a hosting gig and I was wear, I was going to wear um, a dress. Yeah. And it was like, kind of like an out, out. Type. Yeah. I couldn't button it. What? I, all of us, I thought we agreed. That's why, <laughs> that's, but that's what Paul is saying. It's all fake. Everybody's lying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm using this last lockdown to get rid of the weight that I put on during the, the, the uh, quite, uh, lockdown one and two. <laughs> How can you say lockdown one and two? Which one are we in now? Are we in three? I think we're in three. So I'm just like, yeah, this is it. I I, I don't want to go into the summer being like, haha. But a lot of people have like gained weight. Even my brother at Christmas, I can't believe he said this to me. He was like, he waited till people left and he was just like, seriously, Paul, are you pregnant? And I was like, what? no. I was so offended. I was just like, I've just been eating. It's quarantine. Leave me alone. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, my mum had to ask, she asked me at Christmas, she was like, ah, you're really um, gaining. No, she, no, she said, you're really adding. <laughs> like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> and now, every single time I heard that loading song, I just think of my mum. I'm just like, loading with my belly. Loading, loading, ding, ding, loading. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's just, it's mad that um, it's literally found upon to leave the country right now. I think it's because people, but I do think it's because people generally hate influencers. Yeah, it's it's more for the influencer stuff. I think people actually like I was in a, I was in a clubhouse yesterday. And people saying how um, one influencer should go and get another job, like go get a job. Two, what they're influencing. Three, they shouldn't be taking money from big corporations. Um, and I'm like, but you work for big corporations. Yeah, yeah. How could if I work for Primark? Yeah, I'm gonna say why are you taking money from Primark? <laughs> you I, honestly, I think people hate influencers. I think that's probably what it is too. I think there's an element of that. But if you hate influencers, you hate capitalism. Like, these days, everyone's got a problem with how someone else is getting money. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you want people to do? We we, yeah. we don't pay for goods and services and loves and hugs. So, <laughs> so we have to do something. Everyone has to work and do something somehow. No, you're so right. Yeah, so, so I right. agree. Oh, guys, let me read out a bit from Bola's book that was basically an attack. And I was like, ratted. <laughs> Let me find it for y'all. Um, so Bola says, um, pack, pack, uh, make pack lunch. And she basically says, there's a, uh, there's a saying in the black community called there's rice at home. Um, and basically she's just saying that we should make pack lunch. So it's not every day go out and eat. And she basically calculated that if she spent, uh, I think it was 15 pounds uh, every day on food. Uh, if you times that to a certain amount, that's basically... Um, £3,600 a year. And then she says, <clears throat> we always love to use this excuse, I don't have time, but believe me, you have time to watch Netflix shows and oh. the latest series on iPlayer. <laughs> <laughs> and when I was reading that, I was like, this is such an attack. Yeah. But I liked it because it's so true. Like I've been a meal prepping a lot in lockdown and sometimes these meals can see me feel like 
three days. Mm. I'm like, that could have been 15, 15 pounds on, on delivery. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I'm currently having, I'm in bondage currently with delivery, but I think that's because I'm still getting used to my new place of living. But, but I like that. I like the fact that you're honest because I think some financial people, financial um, role models are kind of like, I'm perfect. I never eat yeah. at all. I, I have my money things in order, sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, it's not, it's not everything. Is, but that's like saying like a doctor, a boy, a doctor's allowed to get sick, right? So mm. it's that's my new thing like we have to be honest with ourselves and know that listen we're not all perfect and we all have different things but that's what I miss about like working and going to a place of work because mm. you're going outside <clears> and like that it's like I'm just like all right cool like you can put on iPad or Netflix in the background you can put it on your phone and then you'd be meal prepping so that's one thing so then I don't feel alone I'm like laughing at friends I'm like, ah. <laughs> while I'm chopping up onions or whatever it is but um no, there's there's always time and there's there's definitely ways. I definitely somebody was um somebody was saying to me yesterday as well, like brunches in London can be so expensive and they can somewhere like fifty to sixty uh, sixty pounds and I don't I don't miss that part of life. Mm. I don't I don't miss it always being someone's birthday and that oh, each yes. Fifty plus pounds, and this is like, yeah, that's when you think, oh my gosh, how many friends do I really have? <laughs> Honestly, I don't miss that at all. I don't miss like being broke as hell, going to these mm. places, and all of a sudden we're dividing it. Yeah, <laughs> and all I yeah. got was the starter. Mm. Oh, that is the worst. I'll never forget. I think where did I tell the story? I think I told it maybe when we started the last three digits podcast. My best, it was it was my best friend's birthday. I think this happened three three years ago now and she wanted to go to this fancy place in um like Mayfair so we went and for some reason I wasn't feeling well so I ordered the starter and then I ended up being sick at the restaurant so oh "Oh, are you okay so then I was just so I said to them don't bring me the main don't bring me anything else I'm not going to eat it and then at the end I just I just stayed and smiled and like just had a drink and at the end my friend turned to um turned to everyone and turned to my best friend and was just like well you know it's your birthday so we're not gonna let you pay ah i mean i like i like that i do that too i get I like, do you know what it was but clearly they had a conversation in the car that i wasn't privy to Alrighty. <laughs> i didn't come in that car um so then i i think i ended up paying 70 pounds oh and you was even sick no god Oh, and that's when I said it's, it's only it's only for real friends that I would do that. I would, I would vomit seventy pounds. How can you vomit? How can you vomit more than I've already vomited that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just like, whatever, mate. Let's mm. just make. you know you have to just firm those L's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's the kind of L that you don't even want to revisit. It. It's mm. like that L. Let's leave it back in in the back of my brain. That's like that's like one time I went to my friend's house and she didn't want me to go home. Mm. And I was like, sis, I need to go because my Essex train's like, I need yeah. to go. She's like, please, I've not seen you in time. I was like, okay, cool. I'll get an Uber. Mm? Victoria. No, no, but I was like, I'll get an Uber to, let's say, because you guys know I live in Essex. So I was like, at least get it straight to the outskirts of, or yeah. at least get a, 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 a some transport straight to the outskirts yeah. of Essex. So maybe like Upminster. Yeah. Right off. Everything closed. Finito. Fuck. How to get Uber home. Ooh. 50 pounds. Even though to some people that's not a lot, but. The fact that I didn't spend that long in yeah. my... Like, I think I spent an hour extra. Oh, my... I would be passing the night at her house. <laughs> Are you crazy? A part of me wanted to ask her, can you pay for this Uber? Because yeah. you made me stay. But you know, we just think about those L's. And like, Bola says it in her book. She was just like, sometimes you can say no. Yeah. Like, sometimes you can say, actually, 
I don't have the financial. And sometimes I think sometimes people use your financial or how they think your financial standing is against you. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, you're saving or, yeah. you know, it looks like you're getting paid a lot or you bought yourself this. I did. Yeah. Because I budgeted for it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's crazy. I know. I d- yeah, you listen, you can say no and other people can't count your coins for you. Definitely. But like but at the same time it's like, yeah, you have to find a balance cuz I've also seen people be on the opposite side and almost punish themselves. No, no, I can't do this. I can't do that. And I'm thinking, hold on, hold on, hold on. I always say to people, like listen, you're not here to punish yourself in this mm. life. Mm need to find a balance because um i don't want anyone associating money with um <laughs> like some sort of financial prison mm. like every don't go outside don't get that chocolate bar don't do this don't do because i'm like you have it's just about like tipping the scales in a more balanced way and um enjoying your life but making sure you know your card doesn't decline at the shop or mm. uh, at the I can't imagine what that must be. Uh, have you ever had your card decline and just know that it's not, it's not that you don't have enough money, it's yeah. like maybe you used the wrong card or something like that. And Oh, not for that reason. Oh, my days. I've had that. <laughs> I changed my Apple Pay. Um, oh, yeah. I had that too. Yeah, yeah. So jarring. Changed my Apple Pay and I was like, oh, yeah. And you almost, and then there's a queue and then you're trying to, you're trying to show the cashier that, yeah, don't worry. It's all cool. Whatever. Like, hold on, give me one second. Uh, it's, it's, it's a tough one. Yeah. But. No, I had that recently because I've always had one card, um, one bank account, mm. sorry. And then um, what happened was I lost my ca- my card. So, but I still had Apple Pay on my my phone and it wasn't working because obviously they, they stopped that card number. Yeah. And that was the day I was like, and then I had to call my brother to come and pay in the shop, my younger brother. And I felt just so embarrassed. Yeah. Because I felt like the cashier was like, broke, broke bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, listen, do you know that I've got financial, this, this, is, just a, this is just a simple mess up. This is just a simple mess up. But after that, I was like, I need to go and get another account. Like there's, there's actually like, and I feel like sometimes because of the way I've learned a lot of my financial mistakes from my parents. So, I was, so I've always been like, no credit card thing, have one account. Yeah. But it's actually like, you can have more than one account. You yeah. can have a credit card. Yeah. You just need to be responsible. Responsible, yeah. But I do like what Bola said. Like, if you, if, you know when at that time I said I spent £50 on Uber? Mm. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. Like, money goes, money will find you again in Jesus' yeah. name. Amen. 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 Um, so, Bola, what's next for you? You've you done a book, got a podcast. It's like, you're doing everything. What's yeah. Next? Uh, do you know what? I think I want to... I actually want to do some wealth management. I want to get into wealth management. Mm. I'm a mix of like wanting to get into wealth management and um, like going into like tech. I'm very spont- spontaneous. And I'm just like, okay, what to do next? Mm. Um, I, I like to be challenged. So currently it's like, I don't really feel challenged. And that's why I'm like, right, what's next? What's the next thing I can do that will that will have me feeling like fulfilled and have my brain working and stuff like that. So I know my manager wants me to work on like um, another finance book. I definitely want to start doing some more stuff um, for kids and with kids. Amazing. So that, um, I'd love to go into schools um, and talk about money and stuff because I've worked with a couple teenagers and like, I think as well, one of the things they don't understand is, is the, the correlation between money and time. Mm. And like one one girl, her mum was an engineer and she I could tell that she felt very lonely and her dad wasn't around. And I was just 
like does she pro- does she understand what her mom does and how much work it takes which is why she's not there and maybe what she's setting up for the future I think yeah. these are important conversations that we need to be having but um yeah probably wealth management where the money resides really that's yeah. where <laughs> do, do you have and, any and, do you have any like financial goals for this year or not just financial goals or like money goals or things that you want to achieve like whether it be um, investing or thinking about money in a different way or achieving something yeah um I want uh, an investment property this year I've decided that like I'm properties outside of London but I'm literally going to continue to rent in London Mm. Um, I did from a financial perspective it's the smartest option and I do want a nicer car um I've got a car at the moment and I'm like no I'm ready for something nicer now because this at the end of the year I'm going into my 30s and I'm just like not every day humble humble like mm. sometimes get, mm. get makes you feel like yeah like my car right now is 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 very meek <laughs> and I'm just ready to get something that's um a little more reliable mm. and powerful but no, I, th- I think right now, like for a lot of us this year I think we should focus on just trying to be happy um Amen honestly because after the year we've had mm. well, like yeah don't don't do suffer stuff ahead trying to be like yeah I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that because we don't know which way this panoramic is still going and there's no rush do you know I just feel no. like there's like there's just no rush with it like I feel like um I was in this clubhouse the other day about property and this guy was like saying how he really wants to buy before 25 and I'm like but why yeah and also how because <laughs> what salary do you, you must have 50 you must have a, a 50,000 sa- salary 50,000 a year yeah yeah because how and I, I even wanted to come on stage and say how mm. um but yeah he was honest and he was just like actually guys my parents are helping blah, blah blah but I was like but why are we putting such a time limit on things yeah and also yeah a lot of people do that on social media I do find it quite annoying when they say oh I'm 22 and I bought my first property and I'm like anyway I just I, I, I never want to look like a hater because one time I commented on something and some girl she came for me she was like you're a personal finance guru I can't believe you said that <laughs> I think some people do do it when they're young and that's absolutely fine you know go you and stuff yeah. but I think I think it's because of this year I mean sorry last year where I'm kind of yeah. like I think we should kind of move away from putting yeah. numbers to things because you never know the bank is going to say, actually, we're not even doing the mortgage thing anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like when they said, what did, what is it they said? They increased it to 30% yeah. mortgage last yeah. year, didn't they? Do you know how when disgusting that is? Yeah, mad. Absolutely mad. Do you know what? And I think the issue no, of putting your age to things is that sometimes you're not even telling the full story either. Mm, you're not telling people that your mum and dad were able to give you 20 grand mm, towards your, your house mm, deposit. Mm, or you have a high salary. Or, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. And now other people are looking at you and thinking, oh, mm, sweating. Oh my, yeah, sweating. Yeah, no, it's true. No, it's true. It's so funny because I remember when I went to go see... I, went, I, I just thought, fuck it, I'm just going to go see this. Sorry, give me this word. Yeah, no, it's okay. Went to go see this really, really lovely flat, um, cl- a bit closer to London. Mm-hmm. I knew I couldn't afford it, so I don't know why I went there. Anyway. No, I think I think it's good to um, manifest and actually go, like, mm. law of things. But yeah, yeah, go on. No, you're right. You're, you're so right. Like, I went to go see it. Um, proper nice. I think it was, like, 400... <laughs> <laughs> something like that I was like cannot afford this I can't yeah. um and the guy was going to me um well even if you do do five percent maybe you could ask your parents to I said 
I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be frank and straight with you. <laughs> he was like, he was like, yeah, you just got a nice them up, butter them up. What? I said, is as if you can butter them up for twenty grand. Said, is this what these white people do? Just butter them up. Just like, mum, like, take them up to Nobu and be like, mum, yeah. What I've been meaning to tell you is like, I just need a, I just need a couple grand. Wow, yeah, must be nice. Someone uh, was like maybe four or five years ago now, and he bought a one bed house in Peckham, and he was wow. from, he was he was from the country, so he came here to work and stuff, and he was just like, yeah, I've got like, he was just like, I think he was like, I've got like fifteen k, but he was like, um, but my stepdad, um, my stepdad, I think he, his stepdad gave him an extra like twenty or thirty k. And I was like, yeah, you see this life? But, but I think that as we get older, like, we're just going to have more money. Yeah, amen. Just... We can do that for our kids. But the fact that he had 15 grand is insane. Mm. The fact that he saved that, like, even if your parents help you, the fact that you, people have, are saving that huge chunk, I think it's really, really impressive. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, but he, he, I feel like he slept at work because there were so many opportunities. <laughs> he was doing back to back, back to back. And that's when I knew that, like, although wow. I like love money that much because for me i'm like oh i want to go home i want to do this like mm. that but yeah i don't know yeah that i think some things in life are priceless Definitely. and i think being able to unwind being able to just watch tv without stressing all of that is it, money can't hold a hold a candle to that mm-hmm. yeah, yeah but it is what it is what can we do mm. some people have money in this life we all have money in this life. In Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Everybody listen to this podcast and manifest that you have a successful year, fruitful year. Amen. Amen. Money will find you in places that you didn't even know. Amen. Pay rises will come. Don't listen to the fair mongering. Guys, this is what I was doing last year. Yeah, I was listening to the fair mongering. Like, it stopped me from doing a lot of things. Yeah. And like... I remember seeing stuff like I wouldn't even apply for certain jobs because I would just be like, you know, when you just hear things, people like, oh, there's, you know, I just hear conversations like, oh, 300 people have applied for this job. Mm. So what's the point of even applying for jobs? But you need to stop listening to fair mongering because it's just people are getting jobs. Yeah. Do you know what I've been doing recently? I've been I've been typing keywords like I bought a house or I got a pay rise or I got a job on yeah. Twitter. People are people are getting in this pandemic, in these COVID streets. Yeah, they are. They are. We love to hear it. Listen, it's pos- it's possible. Mm-hmm. So many things are possible. I remember. Um, I'm very grateful for my manager now because she, she helps. Uh, like get me like finance gigs and things like that. And before that, like, I used to be like, yeah, I don't know. Even should I say this influence a life of financial mm. financial influence? And I was just like, I don't, I don't see how like I can have like a sustainable income in it. But I just had to open my mind to mm-hmm. it because you see a lot of people making like a lot of good money but then you just have to believe that it's available to you as amen. well amen amen you have to mm. you have to look at patricia bright she yeah. has pivoted from doing horse to being doing ads of like sterling yeah, millionaire yeah. <laughs> my god it's possible like and and the reason why you use her as an example is because she's a black woman like yeah really in this space and being like capitalizing like and I, I, we love to see it mm. And I, I also think our best days are ahead of us in terms of mm. um, finance and like um, what we're going to make. I just think, do you know, it's so mad. Like when you're, uh, should I say, late teens and early 20s up to like a lot of your 20s, it just feels like you're just surviving. Mm. There, there were times do come where you are thriving as well. And Amen. Like, the average age of buying a first house is 34. So sometimes you just don't don't put that pressure on yourself to have this or have that. Like, mm. and, do you, 
Bola, do you think there's a pressure to to buy a house, invest, and all just financial stuff mainly in the black community? Because like when yeah. I talk to my white friends, I don't hear no <laughs> pressures like this. Uh, yeah. Do you know what my sister once said? She said they are they are given the chance by their their family mm. to, um, to like mess up and to do what they mm-hmm. want. Mm-hmm. With black people, there's almost this feeling that we have to get it right the first time. Mm-hmm. I feel like we so badly want to make up of generations who mm. make what's right. And I don't think that's fair because we just have to learn to live and know that not everybody wants the same thing. And and it's okay. Mm. Like yeah, so I I stopped putting that pressure on myself because at one point I was just, do you know what? At one point I never cared to get a house. Like I started like obviously the bottle social. I was just I wanted to do things that made me happy and mm. and made me feel like yeah. And I'm so glad I did because I don't think it would have led to this book otherwise. Mm. Whereas I know people who have bought a house and actually not had great money management, and then they've really struggled um, to kind of keep the house and keep up with payments. Because mm. to say about a property, a property isn't like a property is a big deal. They can take it away from you. And mm. you, if, even if you put down 5% or 10%, they still own 90%. Mm. So they can just be like, all right, lol, cool. Yeah, if, if anything happens, you, you can't go back. So it's it's a big commitment. I think it's one that we downplay. I like the right. fact that you said that um, no one, not everybody has different visions. Because you yeah. know when there was, a, there was a kind of a rise at one point when lots of influencers were renting, like Annie Drea, all these people, mm. really lovely apartments. And I saw people in the comments being like, but why didn't they buy? And I'm just like, you can't buy a fancy crib like this. Yeah. <laughs> where are you buying this kind of, fa- that's got a gym downstairs? Yeah. You can't, where are you buying it? Because mm. I don't know where they buy it. And also, I know like, you know, um, Toby and um, her husband from Black Ballad, um, they said that they a, a huge part of their deposit they put it into their business. Mm. I think I think it was them that they, they yeah. So and I know a lot of people that do this that the money that they were saving they just think, think F it, I'm just going to put into their business and they're like so many people have business that are thriving yeah. and I think sometimes you can use your money in such different ways and like yeah I think and they have a whole whole yeah career out yeah. there. That's, that's Buying a house is not the be all yeah, and end all. Yeah, it's not and yeah like I said I know, I know so many people who. Who, who work in an industry where you'd think, oh, yeah, like you should have a house or you can afford it. And they're like, no way. Why would I want to do that? Mm. Some people have looked at me and said, why would I want to give up like 40K, <clears throat> 40,000 pounds and put it towards a house that they, um, rather than, you know, split up in different ways. Why, I'd rather get a car, I'd rather do that. And just now I'm just like, yeah, like, mm. I, but I think for some people, they want a place to be stationed where nobody can move them. So that's where I get. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, having a property but um i just say do what's in your best interest as opposed to being like you should do this you should do that um the key is at 60 hopefully we're all happy with with our life decisions and and stuff like that my my thing is after a particular point in my life i don't want to have to work i want to work because it's banter my friend's mum <laughs> he works, he works for banter like wow. she's a mid and um she goes to work two to three days, she says, just for the social aspect. Yeah. yeah, I had a lady, when I used to work in New York, one of my colleagues, she she did that. She, she She's she's coming to change her, like, Vicar, I really don't need to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I thought to myself, what kind of, like, she, her, husband's, her husband was stacking. She wow. said to herself, like... Imagine just coming to work for, yeah. for the banner. And it was the early crew, it was the early crew with the mums. Yeah. And they were all mates. Yeah. And I just thought, right, like that—that's just so cool. Mm. But yeah. also, 
but also, mm, do I really want to be? Because um, some, you know, sometimes working in retail, especially Chris, and you know these moms, you don't see them on Christmas doing this dirty shift. Yeah, <laughs> they're gone. <laughs> they're gone by that point. <laughs> But yeah, let's get into Black Excellence. Uh, so every week, Walla, we basically shout out to uh, someone we think is doing amazing. Um, but yeah, Jazz, you want to start? Uh, yeah, mine this week is Jade Van Riel. Um, yes. She has released some candles um, for her home business. Love to see. I just oh, bought yeah. one. Did you? Mm-hmm. What, what um, scent did you get? I got the gold one. Sorry, Jade, I love you lots, but I, I, I didn't, it's not that I didn't look at it. it was, I was like, girl, they're all gold. No, 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 please, 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 don't draw me out, don't draw me out, don't draw me out. <laughs> bear with me, bear with me a second, bear with me a second, bear with me a second. I got the serendipity. Serendipity. Oh, okay, I said it wrong. Oh, no, I, I was just, I was just oh. um, making sure. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah, I got, okay. because um, I've already got a kind of amber wood one, and... Tabasco kind of candles. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure they're my vibe. Mm. I feel like they would be my vibe if I had a corridor. Yeah. You know, Jasmine has this analogy, the corridor vibe. Yeah. But I don't have a corridor unless I want to okay. uh, bless my family. Yeah, bless them. No, it's not every day me blessing. Sometimes <laughs> people bless me. Do you know what I mean? It's not every day. Sorry. Um. But yeah, yeah. Shout out to her. That's incredible. We love to see it. Yeah. Um, Bola, do you have one? Oh yeah, I'm gonna shout out um, Grace F for Victory because obviously her book came out as well, same mm. time as my Calm It. Um, so that's out today. How to Calm It, Relax Your Mind, and Amen. the forward is Minds Matter. Um, so I know she hasn't been um, very well recently, but mm. I think you know, um, God willing, she's on the mend. And yeah, she has a book out as well, How to Calm It. God bless her. Yeah. Um, my excellence this week is Charlie Mace. He has a song called Aye and I just think it's really good <laughs> you like Charlie Mace don't you how do you know <laughs> <laughs> I generally think it's so funny yeah I know mm. I know I know I know your 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 comedy <laughs> no but I do yeah and I also listen to him on Nighties Babies and I also find it interesting that men also struggle with being that multi-hyphenate Mm. Because I feel like sometimes you kind of get boxed into stuff And it's like, oh, you, you're funny, just do comedy yeah. And like he was saying that people are telling him not to do music And his music bangs yeah. And it's mad that you can really have people close to you That can be so bad mind mm. The minute you blow, that's my that's my boy, you know Yeah, You yeah. can you can keep that, keep that information to yourself mm. Because I'm not your boy, actually Yeah, You were telling me my music Like, honestly, so I've, I've heard conversations with people Like, what if your friend's got a song and it, it's shit, do you tell them? But... If, for example, the biggest artist in the world, you know how the biggest artists in the world, they always have those stories saying, you know, my friends, they weren't really supportive. Yeah. That's you that yeah. they're talking about. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm finna support all my friends because when they, when they, they want to take me on the nice trip to Dubai, <laughs> guess who's going to be in the first class? <laughs> it's not going to be you. If you don't understand it, just support it because that's what that person wants in that time. Like, yeah. Um, and yeah. also people's, people's craft, it really does improve over the years. Yeah, it does. Not everybody, yeah. not everybody's the best at something. Like, I remember that quote I said the other day, you, you're not always great when you start, but if you start, you can become great. Yeah. Amen. Great. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so, so, Bola, let us know where uh, the people them can get your book um, and where they can find you on socials. 
Yeah, so on socials you can find me, um, Bola underscore soul, B-O-L-A underscore S-O-L. And um, you can find How to Save It on Amazon or Waterstones. Those, I took really long to put it on Amazon because I'm not being funny. Jeff Bezos is already really rich. So I was just like, <laughs> no, let Waterstones collect some of their money as mm-hmm. well. Got shops open, um, but they're available both on um, Waterstones and Amazon, How to um, How to Save It. And it is six ninety nine. So not so expensive. And if you have Prime, you should get that free and you should be able to get it in the next day or two. Yeah, even in the night in some cases. Yeah, even same day. Yeah, disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, no worries. Um, And obviously the last three digits, we have a podcast out um, about money and everything else in between every Thursday. Mm. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much, Bola. Um, for joining us on the podcast um, Catch us at Black Girls Living um, On Twitter and Instagram My account is Jazz underscore BW On Twitter and Instagram I'm on Vic Sunusi on Instagram Victoria Sunusi on Twitter You can give us a five star review On the Apple Podcast app And also you can comment And tell us what you like about the podcast mm-hmm. And you can also give us a five star review If you listen on Acast So yeah Alrighty Have a blessed week guys Bye Take Bye. it easy